Sounds good. All right, everybody. This is episode is it is it fourteen or thirteen? I'm, I'm losing count. count. One of the two. <laughs> One of the two. It's it's a good problem to have when you can't remember because we've had so many thus far. I appreciate all the all the listens and we hope to continue to grow. Uh kind of a grassroots type thing, I guess. Digital grassroots, if you will. Um, I'm rambling. Anyhow, how, how you doing this week, Josh? <laughs> I do good. Dude. All right. We um, got a show tonight, uh, Clash Clash of Champions. Uh, I, I think like uh, many of the, the pay-per-views this year, I think it's going to be sneaky good. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that in just a bit. Uh, I figured we could kind of do our classic content uh, right off the jump. Um, and I figured we could kind of, <laughs> as is famous in wrestling, storylines are usually dropped. <laughs> Well, we want to try not to do that on this show. Um, I think it was right before All Out. We mentioned we would cover a couple of ladder matches. Uh, And, well, we're going to do just that because I'm I'm pretty sure we never got around to doing that. So I'll let you kick it off. Uh, We'll we'll go with the, uh, the Hardy and RVD first. Um, the, these two always seem to have some really good chemistry. Uh, no surprise here that uh, this was another solid match. I don't quite think it – to me, uh, their match, I think it was a little over a year earlier, was it uh, Invasion? It's the Invasion pay-per-view, I think, when they first locked horns. Um, I think – uh, SummerSlam? Is that how it was? Yeah. Um, that one always kind of always kind of stuck out to me. Um, but but this as a Raw match certainly had some good stuff in it. Uh, what uh, what say you about this match? Well, I I do believe I was. <laughs> I don't have that one on my notes. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> I do remember this was the, uh, what, the uh, European and Intercontinental title unification? Yes. The, so I, I do the match. Fair yeah. Uh, well, in that case, we'll just agree that it was a good match and we'll cover the SmackDown <laughs> match. <laughs> uh, I've, I've got the SmackDown one and a uh, – a TLC from October of uh, 2002 is what I've got on my notes. Yeah. Uh, Oops. <laughs> put, put, uh, put that one on Botchmania. We'll just we'll just continue continue forward, and uh, we're gonna no sell that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, the the SmackDown ladder match. Um, the, this one I did actually remember watching live. Uh and it was a real treat to go back and watch it once again. Um, and and I'm hoping we see, you know, with, with the transition to Fox, I'm hoping we see more, I don't know, big, big feel matches like this. Uh, obviously, the performers went up there and put their bodies on the line. Um, forgot how much I missed Taz on commentary. Him and Michael Cole were great. Uh, what's what's your thoughts on this match? Yeah, uh, definitely the Taz and Cole. It's one of those at the time. I I don't know if I got much out of them, but going back and watching, they did a really good job. Um, and like as far as the match goes and stuff, uh, very interesting time period, especially to go from ha- having this TLCs on pay per view and then getting one on on regular television was really cool. And to feature the the usual competitors and then adding Benoit and Jericho in, which a funny note on Benoit and Jericho, um, well, it's not, but uh, I was a really big fan of theirs in WCW. And when they come over to WWF, I was uh, 
there, there were two of the guys that when they come over, it was really exciting for me because, you know, I was like, oh, here we go, here we go. We're going to get something good here. And uh, against each other, um, that they just clicked somehow. And uh, in my eyes, it was kind of like a, a next generation Sean and Brett. Jericho was a little more flashy and a little quicker. Benoit was a little more technical based, you know. Yeah. And uh, and I don't know, like I said, not really funny, just a, a little tidbit out there. I remember playing uh, WCW NWO Revenge on the Nintendo 64. And I made like a custom tag team out of these guys. So it was cool that they actually had a tag team run in the WWF. You know, it was like, you know, bam, yeah, they, my team. Yeah. They, uh, an and, and underrated tag team that uh that i think sometimes gets gets a little overlooked um and and further credit to uh and taking nothing away from benoit but i I think it's further credit to jericho because he he'd been in a few of those teams over the years Uh, there was jericho show uh more recently and then his run with kevin owens he's been in some oddball tag teams over the years that at first you're just kind of scratching your head. Maybe not so much with him and Benoit, but, uh, you know, some, some of these teams, and then he just makes them work. Um, True. And, and I think, I think as time goes on, we're, he's got to be in the discussion for really the greatest of all time. Um for, for sure, longevity, style, the way he's reinvented himself. So, definitely, definitely. I, I think one of his biggest attributes is that he can pretty much work with anybody, and it's yeah. believable. Uh, a lot of times you get like a main event level guy working with a lower card guy, and you know, you're like, well, this will be good, but we know who's winning, you know. Or, you know, this is this might be good, but it's kind of one side. It goes believable with anybody. Like, yeah. he can work like – Lower card guys, he could, they can push him to the main event scene, you know, just anywhere on the card they want him. And and uh, I guess pun intended, no pun intended, whatever. And I, I think a lot of it is because he's all in. You know, he puts everything into his character, everything into whatever he's involved in, and he makes it believable. Ah, uh, for sure. Uh, and and we'll uh, we'll put Jericho to the side for a minute because we we will touch more on him uh, momentarily. But while we're in the classic content, do you have any? Further notes on the ladder match before we get to the other two matches? Um, I, nothing much. I, no, I noticed they kind of worked. Uh, we covered an, a, a match a few weeks ago with injured early in the match. And yeah. I kind of worked that with Benoit in this one, I noticed. So. Yeah. It, it's a it's an old formula, but it, it works. Um, I mean, even more recently, Cedric Alexander. Uh, you, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a tried and true formula that um, it, it it just works. I mean, uh, so yeah, they they did they they worked a little bit of that with Benoit here, and yet again, it just worked. So, um, good stuff all around. Uh, really, kind of makes me miss um, that era of tag team wrestling. Certainly, I'm hoping. Hoping we see another resurgence here soon, either, you know, WWE, they're, they're loaded. Uh, maybe AEW, they're going to have a good tag division. Tag team wrestling, when it's done right, is just just great. Just great. It is. It's, it's, it's one of the easiest stories to tell, you know. It's, it's simple. You know, the hills get heat. You want that hot tag from the faces. You know, the yep. crowd goes wild. It's done right. It's, it's, it's great. Um, so, so while we're in the classic content mode, we'll, uh, b- before we start, uh, covering the, the, the pay-per-view tonight, we'll, uh, get into a couple other times that, uh, tag team champions have squared off. First, we'll get to, uh, Sean and I almost said Sean and HBK, Sean and Austin, <laughs> if, uh, if only we could have that match. How how amazing! Who would sell? <laughs> who would be the uh, aggressor? <laughs> exactly, it would be constant selling. <laughs> oh, um, but, uh, but uh, no, uh, Sean and uh, Austin, and you know, looking back on this, I feel like this was 
a little bit of um, of a trial run because in less than a year we got these two guys once again at Mania, and obviously you had the added element of Mike Tyson and and everything, but this may have been the better match. Um, and, and I know the. I'm wanting to think that the thing I remembered about this match, wasn't there a fan that uh, the railing fell down or there was a fan that tumbled over? Yeah, they had a fan like at ringside at some point and uh, like that kind of got involved in the match. A little. Well, the fan didn't get involved, but that that happening kind of got involved yeah. in the match. Like, and, and I remember that like fr- from when it actually happened. I, I didn't watch the pay-per-view live, but I remember that was like a little minor story coming out of it. So um, so, so, what are your some, some of your notes on this match? Uh, well, again, this is, this is 97, heart, middle of the Heart Foundation story. So it was, it was cool that these guys come together as uneasy partners and, and did a really good job of it. You know, they, they didn't want to be partners storyline-wise, you know. Uh, they didn't mesh as far as, you know, they weren't buddies or anything like that. It just, you know, common common enemies made a, you know, an alliance out of the two. And it was cool seeing them come together. It was cool seeing them win the belts. But when it actually got to the match, I mean, that was awesome as well. Um, uh, my, my favorite part, of it, in my opinion, is the very ending. As good as the match was, just as they walk out of the ring and to the back, and they're just kind of staring at each other, you know, yeah. like out of the corner of their eyes. Like, they don't trust each other, but, you know, they're, they're walking out together. So, it's that, that's my favorite part of the match. It, it tells a pretty cool story, in my opinion. Certainly. And, you know, even though, like I said, I, I did not remember this being a double DQ. I, I could have swore for some reason. I was thinking Sean won. For, for whatever reason, and and I did not remember this being a double DQ. Like I said, the, the one thing that popped in my head after watching this um, was obviously coming out of King of the Ring the previous year, uh, you know, they were kind of starting the push with Austin. And certainly coming out of Mania, a couple months before this, they knew they had something. So to me now, I don't know what their full plans were. Obviously they probably didn't plan on Montreal happening or did they, who knows, (laughs) but I I watched this match and I'm thinking, you know, obviously they, they, they think Sean is probably going to be in the cards for mania. You might have bread in there. But it, to me, watching this match, and it was it was arguably better than their Mania match because Sean wasn't beat up. I, I just kind of thought this is this is a trial. They're they're probably sitting in the back, kind of a what if. It's almost a throwaway match. Looking back on it, it had story in it. But to me, this was like, well, let's throw it on the card. Let's see how they do. Let's see how the crowd reacts, and then down the line, we could have something even bigger. Um, but good stuff. Uh, Austin like- hung with Sean. Um, I, I sometimes don't think he gets enough credit for how technically sound he was. He he wasn't an angle. He wasn't a Moinko or a Benoit or a Brett, but he could hang with those guys. Uh, and, and and really, I, I think here this was before Owen, unfortunately, shortened his career. Uh, I mean, he was probably pretty darn healthy here. So, I mean, it was really good to see both guys prime uh, in their early 30s, just prime, ready to go. Good stuff. Um, anything Anything else on this match? Uh, the only other thing that I don't think was – um, and this is just a humorous spot at the end when uh, that they make the official call that both guys have been DQ'd. Did you catch McMahon's call of both men are losers? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I love that. That was for some reason that just hit me. And I, I started laughing at that one. He's just out of nowhere. He's like, both men are losers. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I got a little bit on commentary. <laughs> he, he had some unintentionally funny stuff back in the day. It's yeah. <laughs> I, I think this may be the pay- I may be totally wrong on this, but this may be the paper because I noticed the table, the um, announce table was broke. <laughs> and there's one pay per view to where uh, the table gets broke, and this, like I said, it may be this one where uh, they go to interview somebody in the back, and when they come back, the first thing you see is the cameras like right in front of the table, so they're all sitting there with this broken table in front of them, and it, and, it, and it, it's an unintentional comedic moment because you know it just looks so <laughs> odd. And I think that may have been this one, but I couldn't find the exact spot it happened at, so I wanted to throw that in there too. Um. Moving on, we've got uh, another match that eventually led into a bizarre storyline that carried throughout the summer. Uh, And we got Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio opening up WrestleMania 21. Um, And it's, you know, the Mania opener, a lot of people think uh you, you look at mania openers and jerking the curtain if you will but it's it's a very to me you're opening up the biggest show of the year it's your job to get the crowd on their feet you've had owen and brett you've had uh sean and jericho more recently uh shane and aj there, there's been some pretty darn good matches and all-time classics that have opened mania so I think the decision here with uh, Guerrero and Mysterio was a wise one. While this wasn't on par with some of their cruiserweight classics in WCW, I thought this was a good match. Uh, a little shorter than I remember. Um, yeah, it but went by pretty quick. Yeah, and like I said, this this kind of led into a bizarre storyline that led into the summer with. Uh, with Dominic, uh, who's now seemingly going to be joining the main roster and training to wrestle with his dad, but um, but what's some of, some of your notes on this match? Yeah, it, it didn't seem to go by kind of quick. Uh, I, my my internet was having issues watching it, so it kind of slowed it down on me. But uh, but it, it was a pretty good match. Um, I I don't know why I hadn't revisited this one. Uh, I honestly don't know if I watched this one since the pay per view itself. Uh, I remember it being good, but I come back and watched it the other day, and it was re- it was really entertaining. Both guys looked great. Uh, Mysterio hit some kind of twist and dive out of the ring that just—I mean—I popped hard for that one. Yeah. Um, as you said, the them being in the opening spot—it's uh, a great match to get the get the feeling going, you know, get the crowd into it. Um, I liked it. I liked it. Certainly, and uh, it's it's sad that you know. Basically, Eddie has his last big storyline before he passes away later on in the year with one of his closest friends. Um, because I'm pretty sure this ran from essentially it started here at Mania, ran through SummerSlam, and then uh, I think it was October that we uh unfortunately lost Eddie way too soon. Um, but uh, but no, that this. This was a tremendous match, and uh, yet again, not as good as some of their WCW classics, but definitely worth a watch. Um, anything else? I, th- I think last week we mentioned uh, what led into it. I, I didn't go get a chance to go back and check it out, but I, I kind of got the feel, like you said, it's more of a, you know, just a who's the better of the, of the two and all that. And whereas the other one ended with them kind of walking out side by side, this one ended a handshake and everything. You know, good sportsmanship. I think they went on to be – cohesive partners for a little while before the uh, split and then into the feud. So yeah, it's kind of, kind of cool seeing what, what sets up tag team partners or tag team champs being in there against each other. Certainly, certainly. Um, so we've got some classic content covered and a couple of uh, quick hit news points this week. Um, been, been a semi-quiet week. Uh, there's been some stuff going on uh, that, that I'm not fully uh, fully in the know about. I know Big Cass had some kind of police altercation. We're not going to fully get into that because I've just seen it pop up on the news feed. And I'm like, that's crazy. <laughs> Next. 
but uh, anyhow, no, there's been a, been a couple of uh, quick hit news points. Uh, I've been hearing that they're going to uh, switch up the announced teams here in just a couple of short weeks uh, when when uh, we debut on or SmackDown debuts on Fox. Um, I've heard it's going to be Michael Cole and Corey Graves. And the uh, mystery voice from a few weeks ago, Vic Joseph, is going to be the lead voice on Raw. Huh. I find this awfully curious because I have specifically only heard Michael Cole and Corey Graves going to SmackDown. So does this mean we're going back to a two-man booth? I certainly hope so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so what do you think of this news? Uh, well, um we may have called it last week when we said that they might be making uh, SmackDown more of a flagship show. Yep. Seems to be taking the uh, the more established commentators over there. So, yeah, uh, I'm I'm hoping, and yet again, I'm I'm hoping we move to a two man booth or two person booth. I don't know if they're going to keep Renee on on Raw. I've heard. I also heard they're going to have a uh, a weekly show on Fox Sports One with. Uh, I think it was rumored Renee and Booker T like a weekly recap show. So this means literally we will have Raw on Mondays, a recap show on Tuesdays, NXT and AEW on Wednesdays. We'll get a breather on Thursday, but then SmackDown's right back on Friday. <laughs> so that's and then then the pay per view weeks will have Sunday tossed in there and, or. Saturday with AEW. So it just bananas, just simply bananas. Uh, And another thing I've heard, um, I wanted to get your thoughts on is supposedly, and I'm not entirely sure how they're going to do this. I don't put a lot of stock into this, but I have heard that they're going to be targeting future NXT takeover shows to possibly go, head-to-head with AEW pay-per-views. That could be why they're changing having takeovers on the uh, the weekends of the big four. So is it just going to be just going right after AEW with NXT now? <laughs> it seems to be. It seems to be get, jumping into this with all guns loaded. and I don't know. But, uh, take to the war. But I, I wouldn't expect it such a uh, a quick <clears throat> quick rebuttal, quick move to to the war. So I don't know. <laughs> well, and and here's my thing too. I, I still say I still say it's somewhat of a of a jump into the gun on um, WWE's part to to put NXT on Wednesdays to or debut it two weeks prior to uh, AEW show. That's going to give AEW time to see what they're going to look like, to see what they're doing, see what they're setting up, and react. True. Because I'm going to watch NXT, do not get me wrong, but come October 2nd, I'm watching AEW Live. Like, that's that's what I'm tuning into. <laughs> I'll DVR NXT or watch it on the network the next day, something. But – I want to see what that AEW show is going to look like. That That's the curiosity factor. After two or three weeks, it might be leaning more to NXT live. I'm, I'm not sure. But um, it, it's certainly <laughs> certainly going to get interesting, to say the least. Yep, yep. I'd, my DVR is going to be full before I know it. That's, that's, that's what I'm and, uh, <laughs> And we mentioned we would get back to uh, Mr. Bubbly himself, Chris Jericho. Uh, he uh, came out with a cell phone promo video this week uh, talking about Cody Rhodes. Um, good stuff. Really good stuff. I think I sent it to you earlier this week. Yeah. Um, short two or three minute promo. Um. And I think your initial response from that is that match is going to be really good. And I tend to lean in that direction as well. Cody has had probably dating back to all in 
when he, him and Nick Aldis had the uh, NWA championship match to double or nothing to even uh, a couple weeks ago now all out. He's had the best match on every show due to sheer storytelling. And like we just talked about Jericho being able to work with anybody, I think that is right in his wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, so, you know, to – to elaborate on your point a little bit, uh, could, could we be looking at another potential match of the year contender between these two? I think it's very possible. Um, that it's going to be awesome no matter what. Uh, like you said, Jer- Jericho and him are both great storytellers. Um, I don't know. I can't think back to if they've crossed paths before. That might be something I was to look thinking. Up for. <laughs> if we can find it. Indeed. I, I don't think they have perhaps a tag team match uh, several years ago with maybe Legacy and uh, and Jericho. I'm not sure that was kind of in the same time period. Um, but even then, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe Stardust. There there was something going on there. I don't know. True, true. Uh, but, um, yeah, th- this – with four weeks of TV, I'm sure there's going to be set down interviews. There's probably going to be segments. I think, and I thought about this a whole lot. They they really approached this. They said wins and losses are going to matter. Well, like it or not, you can say he's, you know, booked himself into this. What have you? Cody has had wins, and his win loss record. Is is worthy of a title shot? That's that's all great. Whatever you like, I said you can say. Well, he created this company just to put himself over. But at the same time, you put the title on your most established name guy in Jericho. You've got now four weeks of television on a national network to build up your first big pay per view. After that what title match you want. You want your best storyteller against your most established guy to get the most eyeballs on your product as it's launching off the ground. True. True. I mean, people can bash it and say the way they're just like WWE putting the title on an older guy or whatever. (laughs) Cody's just becoming what he hates. It's easy to go down that road, but from a business point of view, I think it makes all the sense in the world. Um, And I think it's going to be some good stuff as well. But uh, all that being said, I think it's time to to dive into some Clash of Champions. What do you say? Ah, Sounds good. Sounds good. So I'm sure the pre-show is going to be starting here in another hour or so. As of this recording, uh, first off, I'm hoping they go with uh, the SummerSlam formula of keeping it pretty tight, pretty short. That was that was a pleasant surprise. Uh, got a couple matches here. The uh, often forgot about and neglected cruiserweight title. I'm sure is going to be on the pre-show. Um, Drew Gulak, who I think it, he is the champion. I think eventually could transition uh, to to a larger spot on the roster uh, since Buddy Murphy, Cedric Alexander, Ali, who I think are smaller than Gulak, at least appearance-wise, have uh, all found their homes on the main roster in some good spots. Uh, triple threat match there. Not to downplay those guys. I, I've not. I don't know the build. <laughs> I'm going to go Gulak. Uh, and uh, getting into the, the meat of the show, we've got um, a pretty oh, – um, oh, Go ahead. That actually makes me think of something. Uh, we, we forgot to mention this. I don't know if you'd heard this one or not. Um, it's a rumor. I haven't heard it officially, but it's a rumor I heard floating around that uh, they're going to kind of move 205 Live – into NXT somewhat and kind of help fill out the uh, show a little bit. I hadn't even thought about that until you mentioned the Cruiserweight title. Or the, yeah, the Cruiserweight title there. I, 
I have heard something about that as well. And, it, you know, I would be all for it. Um, I, I think I think they've done a, an uh, admirable job of of trying to establish that title. It's I do not like the purple, um, <laughs> the, the purple title. Um, I think if it was just regular black strap, perhaps like a regular looking title. I think it would. Um, and I think I might have Scott Steiner fixing to visit my home. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but um, I, I do not like the, the purple title. I think, um, All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll let Mr. Steiner get on down the road there. Uh, there but uh, the, the purple strap, I think, is a little – and I, I don't mean this – it looks a little feminine. Like, to me, I could picture that as a, a, as a women's title. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I don't mean that really anyway. That's just the impression I get uh, – it does make it unique, but I think it makes it, in my opinion, unique kind of in a negative way. So, uh, but I think they have done an admirable job of uh, trying to establish that title and some very talented guys have came out of there. Uh, and I, I think if they did do that, it would certainly help them, help them get off the ground a little bit more. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm for it if they decide to go there. Yeah. Like I said, I don't, I don't think I've heard officially. I've, everything I've heard is just it's kind of like in the rumor mill, but but I could see it working. Certainly, certainly. Um, then when you got a uh, a tag team match that uh, that was actually built up, um, and I'm just now realizing we're completely skipping over Raw and SmackDown. So <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, before we really get into the meat of that pay-per-view that's tonight, uh, let's get into Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> well, we can hit the uh, pay-per-view matches and kind of yeah. see if there's anything involved with them on Raw and SmackDown. Exactly, exactly. Um, and I honestly thought Raw was a pretty darn good show. Um, we opened up with uh, Strowman and Rollins, who were going to be pulling double duty tonight. Um and uh, a contract signing with Austin. I thought this was a little. It was it was a good segment. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it was a little strange. It's like they shoehorned Austin in, but it, yeah. they made it work. Uh, we we got a stunner to AJ Styles, which I'm sure he was more than happy to take. Uh, good stuff here, um, and it. Uh, after the match, it was uh, AJ Styles versus Alexander, which I think has been made official for tonight. Um, kind of a schmoz finish on Raw, but uh, I'm going to make a prediction. I think if they give these guys 10 or 12 minutes tonight, let AJ go out there and make Cedric a little bit, I say put the title on Cedric. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he he wins the U.S. title tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take AJ in this one. That's a, that's a safe bet, but I, I just I just feel like with um, to me I, I get the feeling tonight's pay per view is going to mean a little bit more than um, than maybe we're giving it credit because we're two weeks out roughly from the uh, all the big transitions and. I get the feeling they're going to maybe want AJ in the main event picture again, take the U.S. title off of him, put it on Cedric. But, but who knows? I mean, he established he makes that U.S. title mean a little bit more. So, so who knows? True, true. Um, Either way, it's going to be a good match. Should be if they give them give them a little bit of time. I, I think uh, I think we'll have a, a good one. Um, we had uh, next up uh, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair. This this was good. Uh, they got plenty of time, darn near uh, twenty minutes 
in my opinion, I think this was honestly a pay-per-view quality uh, tag match. Um, and it was uh, – stuff aside, aside, aside from a botch, you know, you, uh, you could point toward Charlotte. Uh, I think Scott Steiner's coming back through. He must have won his match. He must have won his match, his quick match, Steiner recliner. There you go. And uh, that's it. So, uh, <laughs> just Scott Steiner passing through Carthage. Oh, but oh he, there you go. Anyways, um, <laughs> now this, uh, this tag match was good. Um, and I think we're going to see two high-quality uh, title matches tonight. Uh, what say you about this tag match and uh, the, the two title matches tonight? Yeah, um, the four horsewomen, all four of them in the ring together for the tag match. Uh, I don't know if we've – I know on the main roster, I'm pretty sure we haven't had that. Uh, it was a really good match. Um, kind of surprised they didn't let that be the main event, but I guess the big, like, uh, 10-man tag was – storyline-wise, I guess, was a bigger story or whatever. But uh, I, I could have settled with this as the main event of the show, honestly, as good of a, a match it was and both women's titles on the line. That the uh, pay per view. This should have been made event in my opinion, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm thinking I'm thinking Sasha's going to beat Becky tonight. Um, and I think Bailey's going to beat Charlotte. I think I think going into the Fox shows, I think we're, they're going to want Becky and Charlotte chasing two cocky heels in Bailey and. Sasha and I'm I'm kind of starting to dig Bailey as this heel. Like, hey, look, I'm the same I've always been. You know, I'm just sticking by my friend. It's it's good. I, I didn't know what to think about it, but I think as it progresses, it will get better. Um, so uh, yeah, I think she's, both matches should be good. Um, she's one we've never really got a good view of her as a heel. So I mean, it's got she's got a, a good opportunity to hear to to surprise us. And I, I'm thinking she will. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, so yeah, both, both those matches should be pretty darn good. Uh, we had, um, another pretty darn good match after that when Uh, Ray Mysterio versus grand metallic metallic. I butcher that poor guy's name every time and apologies, but, uh, Really good match. It was short, but uh, a lot of a uh, lot of lucha stuff here, and um, and I really enjoyed it, even even though it was really short. But uh, let's see. Moving on, we had uh, a, the continued trend of the King of the Ring tournament. A triple threat match, and I think I texted you. I said they got me. They they <laughs> got me. It it was because I honestly I kind of figured Corbin would uh, would interfere at the end, um, but I'll, I'll be honest. It was ah, you know, I was wanting to ricochet, but uh, and supposedly this match between Baron Corbin and who we found out on SmackDown, his opponent would be Chad Gable. We'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, that match is not going to be on tonight's show, but instead tomorrow night on Raw. Um, I found that to be somewhat curious, but I, I guess that gives us something to look forward to on Raw. True, true. Uh, what, what did you think of this triple threat match? It was pretty good. I'm like you, the, the finish uh, – um... You really got the feel that Ricochet was going to get this one. And uh, Corbin comes in and steals the victory, which, you know, of course, there's gets that extra heat from the crowd and everything. And uh, I'm excited for Monday. I, I think him and Gable will be pretty good. Uh, Gable's, Gable's got, you know, skills and stuff. Uh, I'd love to see him as king of the ring, but I'm sticking with Corbin. I'm thinking King Corbin's. I'm I'm thinking so, too. And, and then, you know, you could always have him and Gable feud after the fact. Uh we even got a, a usually uh, pretty harsh New York crowd with some "Let's Go Corbin" chants. I so, heard that. 
are they actually going to finally succeed and get Baron Corbin fully over? <laughs> like, I, I'm thinking so. I they had the duel and chant going on and everything. Yeah, like uh, I've been a quasi supporter of him the entire time. I've never thought he was terrible. Uh, he's not the greatest in the world, but he's pretty good. So, I mean, if this gets Baron Corbin over, then hey, cool. I'm all all for it. Um, we had a quick Natalia Lacey Evans match, but um, one of the things that everybody was talking about after Monday was the old Firefly Funhouse always gets people talking. Uh, this one, it, it's it's kind of strange how. Now he's talking in the Firefly Funhouse about stuff that's happened in the show and it's interwoven with storylines and it's it's a bit jarring because it's the same stuff we've seen for so many months there and now it's you know a part of the show. But uh I, I got such a chuckle out of him calling uh the Viking Raiders oh those Viking guys. <laughs> that was just Oh, um, but the big thing everybody was talking about uh, was the the clock. So eleven nineteen. Did does it? A lot of people were pointing toward the Undertaker. He de- debuted November nineteenth, nineteen ninety. Some people were saying Survivor Series. You know, uh, uh, November of this year. There's no way that. The, the clock went from flashing 316 to 1119. That's got some meaning, right? What, what yeah, say had, you? Had to be something. You, you would think if it, if, you know, if it was just he hit the clock and it would just went back to normal, it'd be like flashing 12 o'clock or something, you know, just a, yeah. a generic something. So there, there had to be some kind of meaning, even if it's, even if it's just a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and they never touch it on it again. And there, there had to be a meaning behind it. Um, the first thing I heard was Taker. Like yeah. uh, everything I saw online was saying Undertaker. I don't know. Well, I I, I don't even want to guess at this one. Uh, it could be Survivor Series. I don't know what they got planned. To, what would be big enough to encompass? But but he's getting a at the winner of the title match. So maybe he gets the belt, goes into Survivor Series in some big storyline. I don't know. But there's got to be a meaning behind that. You would you would think so. Um, and. I'm still kind of mixed on. Yeah, I'm still kind of mixed on the fiend as champion because let's just be honest here. I don't care if it's Braun Strowman or Seth Rollins, whoever, and we'll get to that match in a moment. But whoever winds up facing the fiend in the Hell in a Cell, they're going to lose. <laughs> You're not going to build this up if they build it up and say. Seth Rollins goes in and and he miraculously beats the fiend and then you've spent all this time just to kill this character. So you've got to put the title on him. That that's True. why I'm kind of lukewarm on this idea because you've kind of painted yourself in the corner because you've got this red hot character. You've got to put the title on him. But then what do you do after that? Who's really going to challenge you? So True. we we shall see. Um, to close out Raw, we had a uh, pretty good 10-man match. Um, the uh, the baby faces won here, uh, sent the crowd home happy. Got plenty of time. Um, some good exposure for the Viking Raiders and Cedric Alexander. So I'm hoping... And and we got a uh, a little beer bash to to end the show. Um, overall, I, like I said, I thought it was a pretty darn good episode of Raw. It was pretty good. Uh, I liked it. And kind of kind of made it feel a little bit bigger, a little bit more special with the MSG. Uh, and uh, they continued that the next night, also from Madison Square Garden, with The Undertaker coming out uh, to open up. Strange promo. <laughs> 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 kind of 
almost reminiscent of uh, I think it was the Raw twenty five where he come out and kind of kind of rambled for a couple minutes, then went back, and everybody was like, "Wait, what? I thought you were setting up a Mania match." Uh, yeah, he. <laughs> so if they if they put him out there and he's not uh, talking about a specific feud, poor Taker's about as bad as the Warrior was as far as just a, a little, talking about this and that and everything. A little bit, and the yeah, the Titans that wandered these halls, and I I don't know. Uh, it's and then Sami Zayn comes out, gets a choke slam for his troubles. Um, odd choice with. Uh, with Sami Zayn, I, I don't know. I know he's kind of been bashing legends. He done well in this spot, but not sound too negative. I just, I just thought this was a, a strange segment. <laughs> I, I think the picking of uh, Sammy to be the one to interrupt him. Uh, I think there was a little meaning behind that. I, I, a lot of um, you get your uh, legends, you know, the Taker and Goldberg and all them. And uh, you, a lot of stuff you'll hear online is, you know, just retire. It's past their yeah. time. It's, and, and Sammy's kind of, you know, they're, they're putting Sammy as the that vocal just retire crowd and stuff like that. And he was uh, – a few months ago, he was vocalizing some other stuff they were saying. So, I think they're using him as like a, uh, a heel version of that section of the crowd. So, uh, I think that's why they picked him to come out there. That's valid point. Valid point. Um Next, we got The Miz and Andrade. The Miz um, got the win. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm picking another title change tonight. I think The Miz is going to beat Shinsuke. Uh, I just they, – they made too much of him tying the all-time intercontinental title wins record. Chris Jericho currently holds that record. They certainly, I'm sure, don't want his name at the top of that list. So why not put <laughs> the Miz up there? Uh, true, I, I think it could be a quick change. Uh, perhaps, you know, the Miz wins tonight. Then two weeks from now, Shinsuke gets it back on the debut of Fox. Something like that. But I think, I think Miz wins tonight. I can see that. I can see that. And it would be a good face to bring in to the Fox deal. If, if he's going to, if they're going to keep him on Fox and everything, he'll be a good face to bring in and be kind of at the top or whatever, you know, um, PR type stuff. And we also got on, on this show, Shane McMahon, uh, Elias was unable to compete. Shane McMahon took his spot. Uh, Kevin Owens was made special guest referee. And I'm sure there was a collective groan everywhere <laughs> at all of this um and somewhat justify justifiably so we'll touch on that uh in just a just a moment but moving through the show yeah we got nikki cross and uh, mandy rose mandy rose cut a a good promo but it was somewhat of an unnecessary one uh yet again similar to uh, chad gable and his height i feel like they kind of went down a road that they it, it almost felt like divas territory um j- just to be blunt uh I, I, and, and i'm really trying not to sound negative because i do think this match will be a pretty darn good tag team match but i, I just felt like they yet again went for a low-hanging fruit here um yeah, I, I think it may have been just the simple fact of you know the poor women's tag titles they got established and then kind of got dropped to the back burner and now it's like they're fighting for uh, TV time, and this was just kind of, you know, if it gets them on there, you know, might as well go there out. But hopefully, yeah. they they don't stick with that, you know, and they can get make a little bit more meaningful stuff in the future. Um, we had uh, heavy machinery getting a quick win. Um, nothing, nothing to write home about there. Eric Rowan and Roman Reigns had a pretty good little, uh, pretty good segment, little brawl. Um. And uh, got me a little more excited about their match tonight. Um, Bailey and Ember Moon. Uh, decent little match for what it was. Uh, and uh, Charlotte came out afterwards. And obviously, you know, to, to 
say she's coming for the title. Um, and then we got, uh, then we got a pretty darn good segment from Kofi and Randy Orton that called back, uh, 10 years ago, uh, a memorable segment in the same building. And, and this honestly got me to thinking, you know, (laughs) if you go by wrestling booking, whoever gets the upper hand before the pay-per-view usually loses. True. So I'm going to go out on a limb. I think Orton wins tonight. I, I just, I, I don't know. I could, I could be dead wrong. I just feel like, um, yet again, it, it could be a deal where Orton wins. He goes into the Fox deal as champion and, you know, Kofi then wins the title back or something. I just feel like, uh, this Kofi run, it's, it's been great. And and I think it's approaching all time, maybe one of the all time great reigns or one of the better reigns, but I think it's kind of losing some momentum and maybe Kofi needs to go back into chase mode. True. True. Um, I'm going to call Kofi just to, just to keep it interesting. So we don't, Keep the same ones, but uh, I, I'm going with Kofi. But I can I can see your point on there with Orton possibly winning it. And uh, then then finally we had Chad Gable um, get a get a victory over Shane. Um, he, he initially got the victory after about 20 seconds or so, and then match restarted. Tap Shane out. Afterwards, Shane fires. Um, Fires Kevin Owens, and I'm not sure what uh, what they're doing with Kevin Owens. I, I don't know what's going on here. Um, but he was he had a lot of momentum going into SummerSlam, but I just feel like that's kind of been cooled down. So I'm hoping they eventually have a plan, maybe a Hell in a Cell match between him and Shane to uh, kind of finally settle the score. Well, uh, we will love that one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that uh, – something like that. But I, I don't know. I, well, have you heard about his, his tweet he sent out earlier this week? Uh, Kevin Owens? Yeah. Like apparently he sent out some kind of tweet with uh I don't remember the numbers but like a three three numbers on it and the numbers if the their correlation in the alphabet it spells out NXT so huh I don't know if that's you know again it could just be a little nod and not do anything with it or that could be maybe he'll be there uh, on NXT well you know if I've heard Tommaso Ciampa could be coming back. And if they want to throw Kevin Owens on there, you know, Kevin Owens raging against the undisputed era could be some fun TV. Um, And, you know, or maybe him and Ciampa have a few. I I, I think Kevin Owens going back to NXT is a little extra boost. Uh, I would have no problem in the world with that. That That could be good. Um, anything else from Raw or SmackDown we need to get to? Uh, well, the the big news story of the week was uh, on Raw, some basketball guy won the 24-7 title and then turned heel by wearing a Boston jersey in New York and then lost the belt again. I, I think we need to touch on that. And <laughs> No. That uh, I, shows how out of touch I am. I have no idea who the basketball guy was. <laughs> well, he, uh... <laughs> It's it's funny though, Enos Kenter, I think is, is his name, and supposedly he is a big wrestling fan, and has cool. said that after he retires, he would like to try his hand at it because he That's is cool. legitimately seven feet tall, and as we all know, you can't teach that. So he, <laughs> that would be a, an added asset. So um, yeah, I mean. It, it is a fun little segment, and uh, maybe that's him dipping his toe in the water for a, a career after the NBA. So, who knows? Uh, 
Yeah, I, I, I wasn't going to try to be negative on that. It was just humorous to me when I watched it. Um, I watched it that part Tuesday morning, early Tuesday morning. And uh, yeah. as it happened, uh, after the segment was over, I started writing on my notes, and I was like, crap, I didn't even catch that guy's name. So I just like, basketball guy wins 24-7 title. And went on. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not um, – we probably won't see any more of this, so I'm just going to put basketball guy. <laughs> uh, now, getting getting back into the pay-per-view tonight um, – with some uh, predictions, I think Alexa and uh, Nikki retain. I don't quite think it's uh, Fire and Desire's time. By the way, I love that team name. Oh, I was just uh, going to say that. One of the better team names they came up with in quite some time for men or women. Um, so, uh, what uh, what say you? Do you see a uh, title change? or? I don't think that, that one's going to change. I, I think – Alexa and Nikki's going to keep it on that one. Uh, SmackDown titles, uh, New Day versus the Re- Revival. This should be a good match if given time. Um, I, th- I think the Revival. I'm going to go full blown, full blown title change. I think Revival win, Orton wins, and then Tuesday on SmackDown, if. They all come out or want to have a little celebration. I, I don't. They're kind of teasing a little mini stable there. I think all of them have titles going into this Tuesday and SmackDown. I, I'm picking the revival. There you go. <clears throat> or um, is this where the uh, the New Day turn happens? Revival wins, and then um, maybe Big E and them come out and cost Kofi his belt. I, I hate to see it happen, but I know it's going to happen. You know, it's one of those. It's got to happen at one point. I think there's – I've said it before the podcast. I've been saying it since we started the podcast. Big E, as a monster heel, is money. I think he is what Ahmed Johnson wishes he could have been uh, or what Vince wanted Ahmed Johnson to be. I, I just – there's too much money in him as a heel and Xavier Woods could probably retire right now and be fine with his YouTube channel. Uh, that's so, but I mean, he's very talented as well. Um, that's, that's very possible. Um, I, I don't, I'm know. thinking, I'm thinking when that goes down and like, it could, it could be this tonight, you know, it could be, um, I'm thinking Big E makes the turn. Woods, Aligns himself with Big E at first as kind of his hype man. And yeah. then maybe a month or two down the road, once E gets established as a uh, as a big big heel, uh, then he turns on Woods, too, and takes Woods out. And I think eventually E will be on his own, but I think him and Woods will both turn at first. Maybe a, uh, you know, Kofi, you, you won the belt and you kind of forgot about us, that thing, you know, or yeah. I don't know, something. I, and, I can uh, see that. I think that's how it's going to play out at first. Um, we've already covered uh, Intercontinental and uh, United States Championship matches. I think, I think the uh, the Raw Tag Team Titles, Ziggler and Rude have to win, right? You've got to set up some kind of uh, tension for the title match. Almost has to happen. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't see them going into that match with the tag titles. Just uh, it, it wouldn't make sense. I mean, they, they've done wackier things. I mean, it's possible, but I just I, – and then you've got uh, the Viking Raiders right there right, as a ready-made feud for uh, Ziggler and Rude. So, uh, I've seen a funny name for uh, Ziggler and Rude this week. Um, it was uh, Rudolph. So, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to re- refer to him as Rudolph or not, but I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I think that should be official. I, I, I like it. <laughs> um, we uh, we got Reigns and Eric Rowan. Uh, I'm thinking this is a no DQ match. It it should be should be fun. Uh, just a big hoss fight. Uh, sure, there's gonna be some a lot of plunder, a lot of Gaga. Um, I'm I'm gonna pick Reigns. I still have no clue where this story is going. <laughs> uh, but it, it, at least we're probably going to get some pretty good matches out of whatever comes of this. 
So, so, so what say you? Uh, good match, despite the wacky story. Uh, it should be pretty good. Pre- pretty hard hitting. Uh, I love the uh, camera rig spot on SmackDown this week. Uh, yeah, setting this one up. I'm sure Daniel Bryan's going to play a part in the match somehow, but I don't know how. If uh, he's keeping his heel turn, you know, going, or if uh, maybe he, he comes out his face and Reigns wins, and we start setting up Bryan and Rowan. I don't, I don't know how this is going to play out again. It's been so confusing that I'm not. I'm not even guessing on this one. Let's just <laughs> see how they how they go with it. So uh, we covered the uh, the women's matches. Um, and uh, I've made my prediction for Kofi and Orton. Um, and I think I think you're saying Kofi's going to retain, correct? Yep. yep. I'm going so Kofi now, on that one. So now we've got a universal title match, which all of a sudden becomes interesting because you figure the Fiend is going to – is probably going to interfere. Uh, is it going to be a non-finish? Is it going to be a triple threat match at Hell in a Cell? I mean – all of a sudden, and albeit probably a pretty decent match, has really had the intrigue turned way up with uh, basically saying, you know what, next challenger is going to be this entity, the Fiend. So so what, what's your pick in this one? Because I'm honestly not sure yet. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I, I like your book in there, you know, uh, non-finish leading to a triple threat. Uh I'm thinking either that happens or uh, or Rollins take Rollins beats Braun and then like pretty much right at the end of the match, right after he wins, the uh, lights go out and the the crazy sound effects start and Fiend shows up behind him and drops him with the uh, Sister Abigail or the Mandible Claw one, and that's how the show ends. I mean, if you really, I I can see that the better match, the better match would probably be. Wyatt and Rollins. Yep. I don't know if the more intriguing match wouldn't be this monster versus monster. True. I, I don't know how good of a match it would be, honestly. But, yeah, I mean, how strong would that put the Fiend over if he beat Braun Strowman clean? Um, and, I mean... You could even let Braun kind of rough the fiend up a little bit, maybe get some offense in, but I, I don't know. And yet again, you could, uh, you could have a triple threat match to uh, have someone have the fiend lose without eating a pin or something like that. I, I don't know. Um, I, I've kind of talked myself into liking the addition of the fiend. I'm, I'm still somewhat lukewarm on it, but it really makes this title match a little bit harder to call and uh, makes the, uh, the hell in a cell uh, who's going to face who uh, makes things a little bit harder to pick. And that's always a good thing. True. True. Um, so that's, that's pretty much it for a clash of the champions. As I said, I think, I think it's going to be a pretty decent show. All, all the pay-per-views this year have been pretty watchable. There, there's been a couple of surprises. Uh, I still say Stomping Grounds was uh, surprisingly good. Um, SummerSlam was pretty good. Uh, so we, we've had some good stuff this year. Um, looking forward to it. What have, uh, what have you got for us this week on this day in wrestling history? Uh, got a few happenings. Um, let's see. Our, our first happening – is from 1996. It was a fall brawl. Oh. And I, ironically, our, talking to our class and content about liking to see Jericho and Benoit wrestle. Mm-hmm. They wrestled on this pay-per-view at fall brawl 96. Uh, this was actually also the one where, um, I guess, the Sting storyline really got started. It was the NWO against, uh, su- supposed to be Sting, Luger, Flair, and Arn Anderson. And I think this is where the... Uh, Confusion with the uh, Sting attack Luger, but it ended up being a fake Sting. All that started, and uh, they didn't trust Sting. And then you know he comes out and does the whole um, the only thing for sure is nothing's for sure promo the next night, and then that's where the uh, walking in there after Sting started. So that's kind of cool. Interesting. Um, uh, let's see. Our other other happening was from Raw in two thousand eight. 
uh, Chris Jericho defeated CM Punk in a cage match for the uh, world title. Well, to retain the world title. Uh, this was fallout from Unforgiven, where Punk, I think, was attacked by Orton backstage and wasn't able to be in the championship scramble. And uh, and in a great move, I, I don't I don't think the championship scramble went over well. But uh, me personally, I love the ending of that pay per view where Jericho ends up being the uh, replacement for Punk and comes in yeah. all beat, beaten down from the match with Sean earlier. You know, he's he's bruised, he's barely moving. And he somehow comes in and wins at the last minute. You know, I I love that. And yeah. then that leads to this punk, punk match in the cage. Um, I think, is this the one where, um, I may be wrong, but does Punk hit him with the uh, GTS and he falls out of the ring or something like that happens, don't it? That sounds, yeah, that, uh, that sounds right. So, somehow he barely kept the title, if I'm not mistaken. Or I may be thinking about a different match, but uh, that's what I was thinking here. And um, yeah, the only other thing I've got is we do have a birthday. Uh, it is Theodore Long's birthday, so you know everybody, holla, 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 and go watch some tag team matches, please. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or going one on one with the Undertaker. Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. Some good stuff this week, and honestly, next week we'll be covering Unforgiven 06. Um, should be a fun, fun show to look back on. Um, I'm sure we'll have plenty of, plenty of notes, plenty of laughs. Because uh, as we, we said, looking back on these, looking back on these shows from the past, it's always little things always pop out. Um, oh yeah. So I, I guess that's all I've got. Uh, so enjoy Clash of Champions. And uh, Josh, you got anything else, buddy? That's all I got. All right, that's it. We'll see everybody next week. Stay positive, guys.